It's like having a baby without all the drama and <laughs> blood and screaming. Welcome back to Astronaut to Zookeeper podcast. Um, I'm the art teacher formerly known as Miss Willis, and I am on a mission to catch up with former students to see what career paths they have taken and what advice they would give their 14-year-old self, all with the aim to open up the imagination for young people when it comes to life after school. So today, I'm in a very iconic building in the middle of Croydon, and I am with Lawrence Grant. Hi, Lawrence. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the podcast. You're very, very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so you are, I've put you down, I think you're one of these people that's kind of a renaissance man and you do lots of things, but I've put you down as business director. Cool. We'll come back to what actually a business director or business founder is. Um, but first of all, I want to talk to you, um, if you can reminisce back to when you were five years old, can you remember what you wanted to be when you were five? Uh, probably Spider-Man. <laughs> To be honest, we all wanted to be Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do actually distinctly remember being in the garden uh, of my very small home. So there's a family of uh, seven at the time in a wow. two-bed in West Croydon, and we had a really small patio and a garden area. And I watched Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man, like the original 2D cartoon. Nice. And uh, I went out into the garden to find a spider and I found a spider <laughs> to bite you yeah I was trying to I was trying to make it bite me and I realised <coughs> UK spiders didn't bite which ruined my dreams very oh. quickly um, so it didn't happen no obviously I knew you as a teenager yeah so I'm presuming the sort of Spider-Man goal had gone out of the window by sort of 13, 14. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you have an idea whilst you were at school what you wanted to be after school? Um, not not defined idea, no. I mean, <clears throat> I was very into my creative expressions. <laughs> you have to say that being your art teacher. Yeah, whether that be, uh, you know, like writing music. So I used to write a lot of lyrics, like hip-hop and spit bars in the playground um, so I did I did have aspirations to maybe release some, some music which I still plan to do <laughs> 10 years yeah later. you have done right I have I yeah. have but maybe not as commercially or mainstream as some of my supporters might have liked kind of or given me a, a reason to do that so it's something I'd like to do in the future um, and graffiti artist is another <laughs> one which that's another story we'll perhaps <laughs> go into later yeah, yeah. um <laughs> Right. But no, I always knew that I was quite good with words and writing and um, so editor or writer or I mean that okay. was, it was a very vague sense of what I wanted to do but yeah. I did want to use words and my ability to communicate. Can you, for people listening, describe what you were like in school? <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to lead anybody a, astray. No, it's no, such pet, a big question. Yes. <laughs> teacher's pet, homework done. <laughs> every day turn up early um, uh, it really really depends you know I had such a, yeah. such a different experience with different teachers mm. um, some I think some teachers knew how to get the best out of me and some teachers maybe didn't so much 
not that they're to blame. I was always looking for an opportunity to do something <laughs> mischievous. Okay, um, so a mischievous uh, wanted to kind of have a laugh at school? Did yeah, you like Joker of the Year, okay. historically, um, which was a major achievement for me to get that award. <laughs> uh, yeah, quite, quite kind of, you know, uh, jovial, trying to crack jokes. Sure. Um, relatively popular, I think. Yeah. Might be wrong. Maybe I'm completely <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm the not, teacher. <laughs> not self-aware. Um, yeah, so just like to have fun, you know, uh, acted out a fair bit. What I do remember is <clears throat> every every single parent's evening that I went to that I hadn't hidden the letters or disconnected the phone so my mum couldn't go, um, you know, that word potential was huge like every single teacher was like potential 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 mm. potential potential so now so we're fast forwarding several years you're yeah. still a young man yeah yeah <laughs> but um if you were to describe what a business founder or business director is um in a really simple way so to like an alien life form what would you what would you say how would you describe what it is that you do okay um, to an alien life form, if you super simplify it, I mean, <laughs> you basically, as a business owner uh, or a founder, you're trying to find something that people need or want mm-hmm. um, so that you can satisfy that and obviously get money so that you can mm-hmm. do what you need or want to do. Okay, I like that. So it's kind of like finding a solution to a problem. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you've just reminded me of a phrase that when I started my first business, I wrote on the whiteboard and, and never rubbed off, which was um, you need to start a project that serves a purpose and solves a problem. When you, so you're at a dinner party yeah. and uh, you're explaining what it is that you do, what is the most common misconception that people have of what you do? <clears throat> I think this is particularly true for where we are in the world in Croydon Mm -hmm. Um, most people are almost unduly impressed by the fact that you've like started a business it takes about five minutes to register a company on company's house and 12 pounds I see you know obviously there's a lot of work that goes into it but I think the the largest misconception is that um, it's difficult to do it's difficult to make money. It's difficult mm. to... Well, it's not always difficult to make money. It's difficult to grow a successful business and do something amazing like exit the business or, you know, list it on the stock exchange or, you know, be an Uber or be a delivery. I mean, they're one in a million. But if you just want to set up a business in order to offer your trade or product to mm. an audience uh, and you're, you like it, it's actually incredibly easy. Can you, for us, describe... So you founded two businesses, is that correct? Uh, well, five, technically. Wow, okay. But four um, that were active. Okay. Yeah, so... So, so can you sort of briefly describe what they do? Okay, so the first one was called Voice In. Um, so the website was Voice In Journal. It's not active anymore, but I started that at university. Mm-hmm. And the idea was I wanted to give all of these amazing artists, whether they're painters or poets or short story writers or sculptors or graffiti artists, um, novelists, you know, a platform Mm -hmm. to share their content. I mean, it doesn't sound particularly 
innovative. But for some reason, you know, four or five months into the project, we have 4,000 readers. We Amazing. were getting submissions from, you know, like Italian photographers who are really well known in, in their region. Wow. Um, and what I was doing was interviewing people remotely just with a, a subset of questions, which I sometimes had to translate <laughs> and translate the answers back and then ask my friends to work it out if they were Italian, for example. Um, so that was one business. It wasn't a money-making business. There was a couple of subscriptions and maybe pa- 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 patrons, you could call mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was something I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something I discontinued because of finances. Okay. Um, so the second business was Shaking Hands, which is probably what most people would have known over the last kind of four years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a business-to-business networking events company um, that was set up with the idea of linking up as many Croydon businesses and decision makers, whether they're corporate bankers or local print companies, mm-hmm. um, to start collaborating and, and do business together. Um, so that was going for three or four years, made, made a fair bit of money there, and then um, sold the shares in that company okay. to my business partner uh, at the time, and that funded the setup of Director Match. Um, which is an introduction brokerage. So all we were doing were connecting two profession- professionals okay. um, who should be doing work together at a more high level. So things in you know construction, property, investment, um, international foreign exchange and things like that. So again, linking people up. Um, and then the final business, which is very new, which has just been segued into a partnership with Sussex University, mm-hmm. is um, an investment brokerage called Sus. Ventures, SUSS Ventures, and the idea of that is to find companies that are incredibly uh, impressive in terms of their ability to scale, and linking them with investors who want to put money into the companies. So, so they're the f- four. The other ones are are not active, but I've just registered the company just in case. <laughs> do, do you have any time to sleep, Florence? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> that's amazing but there's a theme there's definitely a theme of you being somebody who is connecting pulling things together or noticing things sharing things connecting things linking up like that seems to be your role or your passion would you say it's something I'm good at I think Mm. Um, I think you know I've always tried to see the best in people Um, you know what one um, introduction I made recently was between uh, a good friend of mine now who happened to be a client originally um, she runs a video consultancy mm-hmm. platform and I happened to meet um, a contestant on um, All Together now on the BBC oh, yeah. song, song contest um, and she was looking for a videographer and I just thought these two would get on you know it's not that mm. I don't know any other videographers it was just that they had a very similar way I knew that the output that uh, Helen was looking for is something that Kat would definitely deliver. I knew Kat was quite keen to pick up more of a prominent client. So just trying to see the overlaps there, mm. it, I think that's something relatively good at. Can you describe a day what you thought when you thought, I've got the best job in the world? <laughs> um, there's been There's been quite a few occasions. Some examples might be more discreet or 
you know, um, based around just very nice interactions with people. Mm-hmm. You become more like family or, you know, you've, you've gone to a networking event, you've seen someone who, who you've had a few chats with and then they confide in you and, okay. you know, you just kind of take it to a completely different level. Yeah. And that's something I, I find a lot of enjoyment in for sure. Um, I think standout milestones in, in my career, if you like, um, one was winning the Young Inspiration of the Year Award for, for Croydon. So how about a really bad day? Um, have you ever kind of had a day where you thought, do you know what, I just don't want to do this anymore? So there was this one time, <laughs> GDPR had just come out, right? Okay. And me and my business partner were hosting this event. It was a specific GDPR event. It was hosted by PC World and Curries. And... Um, I can't remember who, but one of us hit send on this email to 600 people, <laughs> CCing every single oh, director no. and decision maker in the community that they were invited to a GDPR event. Uh, I spent the next eight hours, well, I spent the next eight minutes thinking like, this is terrible. I can't believe this has happened. And then the next eight hours just up until 4am just literally apologising to the bar- barrage of people replying to this CC email oh which goodness. obviously didn't help but I mean it was a sellout event and it went well and it kind yeah. of worked in a way and uh, when you look back on those things it's kind of funny but at the time it's yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah. goodness I mean definitely there was some humour in that there are obviously days yeah. where you think you know what this is super high pressure mm-hmm. um, particularly when as much as we don't like to think that money is an important thing, obviously you need it to maintain a particular social uh, security. And so, you know, uh, particularly when you're bootstrapping a company for the first time, hmm. you know, no one's taught you how to grow a business, no one's taught you how to build a business. It's complete, like, you know, by the seat of your pants, kind of just <laughs> going every day. Um, you know, that does add some pressure. Um, you know, there are certainly times where, where you kind of think, is, should I just get a job? So what is it like being your own boss some of the time? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, I think when I started at my first company and I was making money and I was paying myself, uh, there's no feeling quite like that. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, you've done, you've had a really good month staff are paid like business is coming in you've got uh, you know however much you pay yourself uh, per month but that month when you've done well and you kind of realise it's all through your own doing and you know you can just have an extra 30 minutes in bed the next day or work into the evening as late as you want and go wherever you want with this creature that you've basically made it's like having a baby without all the drama and blood and screaming this next question is about how you went really from school to becoming a successful businessman who mm. wins awards and such. I think there's a few different stages. Um, and again, it comes back to relationships. Like I honestly owe all of my success to people that I know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I could be where I am now without very very constructive relationships and I've only recently understood the power of constructive relationships Mm. um, and choosing people to be around and then you know that essentially quite honestly I wouldn't have got into 
maybe sixth form, you know, let alone university without that type of guidance uh, and support. And then <clears throat> through university, again, kind of college and university was a bit of a slap in the face as well because when we were at college, you did your A2s and you did your, a your AS and A2s. Yeah. So you're judged on your AS results, not your A2 results mm -hmm. when it comes to applying for universities. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like that was very... I, there's a chance I wasn't listening, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't feel like that was very well explained. So I applied to university with like rubbish grades, really rubbish grades, which even though I was terrible in, in high school, I got good grades. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, the, the first year of sixth form completely slapped me, like backhanded me. I got C-D-E-U-U with my five subjects. And I applied to like polytechnics and I got into Leeds Met. And then my second year, I basically scored 100% on okay. all my tests because I was like, no, wait, like business studies got 100%. So that hit home, you were like, no, no, no. Yeah, it was the first time where that word like potential was just I couldn't justify saying it because mm. I'd literally failed big time um, and then yeah got into Leeds University Leeds Met sorry um, not Leeds University that was uh, that would have been out of reach based on my AS results um, again kind of coasted through that quite honestly I felt university was easier than A2s like you know mm. particularly when you're doing something you're good at like English I was always quite comfortable with that Budapest the second year um, Erasmus scheme going abroad and meeting some of my best friends that I've, I've ever had there was a big eye-opener and I really started to realize that when you go abroad or you open your horizons um, you know that does something to your mind or you realize there's much more out there than your small little pond yeah absolutely um, and for someone who was ambitious, even if I wasn't acting on that ambition, I've always been ambitious and actually not been challenged. I realise there's a whole world out there of challenges and you only just have to see how far you can go by pushing yourself. Um, and that unlocked a new kind of area in my brain of kind of self-discovery mm -hmm. and self-awareness and trying to build out the character that I wanted to be more long-term. So what advice would you give to perhaps uh, young people today, or teenagers, or you could look at this question in the sense that what advice would you give your 14-year-old self? Yeah. Um, so many great lessons that I've learned. Like, I can't remember all of them, and I need to write them all down because I forget them. But uh, the ones that really stick out are um, love yourself like a friend. Mm -hmm. right, that's really good advice, simple to digest. Mm. Um, set goals focus on a big goal like you know your main goal and, yeah. and don't lose sight of that um, not quite as catchy but <laughs> and another one is you know pick your friends carefully like if you are if you are the result of the five people you spend most time around like you, you're the average then I, I totally believe that. In mm -hmm. fact, I think you're probably more likely to be 60% of the two people that you spend your most mm -hmm. time around. Most time around, And I think that also applies to what you eat and what you do and what you watch and what you see and, you know, where you live. Like, mm -hmm. you know, changing your environment, changing your habits, changing your activities, changing your thoughts, what you listen to, what you see, even if you don't 
if you're not watching it like a show but you see it and it's yeah. an advert you know like yeah. be conscious of what you're consuming in every different way um but if you really apply that like the biggest lesson that I try and live by is that there's things in life that make you rise and there's things in life that make you sink okay. and you can appropriate that to anything like say objects food mm. people and if you're militant about it and you say that this person is not actually this person's bringing me down or this food is making me feel terrible mm-hmm. then just cut it out mm-hmm. and just that will, that will compound to the point where you know you're actually getting to the place that you, you want to be so you, yeah. you would definitely recommend that people um, look for mentors at whatever stage of life. A hundred percent. And it doesn't have to be someone older or like no. someone rich. It, it has to be someone who embodies something that you want to be. Okay. I think, you know, and that could just be kind. You know, it could just be a mm. uh, patient. It could be someone who never gets angry. It could be someone who has done really well in business or is very good at building things or knows something that you don't know and you're never going to bother to learn. Yeah. But they can tell you. They can help you. They can tell you what, you know, how this works. And, um, you know, knowledge really is power, I've, I've mm. learned. Uh, and that's why the relationship side of things for me is actually, even if we were being completely black and white and cutthroat and objective, you know, relationships, as far as I'm concerned, are much more powerful than just accruing mm. income. That's a beautiful life advice. I love it. Um, but specifically, if somebody is listening to this and thinking, I, I really want to be a, a business director or founder of my own business, um, have you got sort of some tips or maybe three pieces of advice or something that you would recommend that they do? So maybe um, experiences that you would encourage them to have or books that they should read or is there oh, okay. anything that sort of comes to mind? Okay, so um, one thing that changed my life was a podcast between Joe Rogan and a guy called David Goggins. Okay. Just check it out. Yeah? The guy goes from like 300 pounds, 26, spraying for cockroaches, to joining the Navy SEALs, setting a pull-up record for the world. Like, obviously not so quickly. There are so many steps in between. But the lessons that he gives you along the journey of this podcast, as well as his book, are really, really powerful. And it is about that self-love, but self-discipline mm. and not allowing yourself to make excuses um, for why you're not getting to where you want to be, you yeah. know. And, you know, a big part of that was um, the two voices in your mind. There's a voice when you wake up that says stay in bed and there's another voice that says get up, you're better than this, go and brush your teeth, get sorted, get out there. Mm. And, and that's the voice you need to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe everyone's got that voice. So if you genuinely want to start a business... The other thing I would say is draw three circles that overlap. A Venn diagram. A Venn diagram. That yeah. is what it's called, right? It is, yeah. And then put passion, skills, and pay. And okay. then start with passion and what you're passionate about, and what you skill for that, and what pays well. Yeah. And then whatever is in the middle or near the middle is what you should be doing. Nice. So just do that. Yeah. And eventually... It's not a quick fix. Anyone who wants to go into business, you're not going to make money overnight. You know, you have to put work into mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. It's more of a momentum thing okay. to get this huge boulder rolling yeah. and eventually it'll start collecting speed. Thank you so much. That's Thank the you end so of it. You can relax. <laughs> oh.
What a star. Thank you, Lawrence, so much for meeting up with me. Thank you for sharing all those stories, for all the wisdom and, of course, the lemon and ginger tea. Um, it was lovely to meet up. If you are listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I'd quite like to be a business founder or business director, then head on over to our Instagram account, which is at Astro Zookeeper, where Lawrence has kindly given us his follow up three, three pieces of advice uh, if you're interested in finding out more. And of course, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you soon.